Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, welcome back to New York. Once the epicenter of the pandemic, the city reopens. Restaurants and stores back at full capacity after more than a year. The city that never sleeps is back in business after coronavirus shutdowns. Masks in New York not required for the fully vaccinated. And in Texas, the governor takes it a step further and bans mask mandates. Plus what Dr. Fauci is saying about a COVID booster shot. FBI manhunt. Newly released video of the Capitol assault shows vicious attacks on officers as Republicans push back on a commission to investigate the events of January 6th. Crisis rages on. Israel's prime minister vows to keep pummeling Hamas, despite President Biden's call for de-escalation. Plus, children of war. We ask 10-year-olds from Gaza and Israel what they'd tell each other if they met. I just hug her and tell her that I know what you feel. Trump organization under criminal investigation. Could the bombshell announcement from New York's attorney general mean possible jail time for the former president? Deadly flooding. After more than a foot of rain in the South, homeowners scramble to save their belongings. Evictions in America. CBS News gets rare access to an eviction court where families have one last chance to stay in their homes. And hero officer. Watch this Virginia sheriff's deputy lift a car off a trapped woman. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with the big reopening of the Big Apple, a symbolic step for a country finding its way out of the pandemic. Fourteen months after the nation's largest city was forced into hibernation, New York City is an insomniac once again. Tonight, restaurants, gyms, and theaters can operate at full capacity. Masks are no longer required for those who are fully vaccinated. And even the subway is running around the clock. Last March, New York accounted for half of all new infections in the U.S. And as we come on the air, just 2 percent of the country's cases now come from the city. And nationwide, new infections are below 30,000 a day. That's for the first time in 11 months. Still, returning to our old reality is turning out to be harder than it sounds, with Americans confused about when and where to mask up. And the head of the CDC saying it's too, still too early to declare victory over the virus. CBS's Mola Lenghi is going to lead off our coverage tonight from New York City, where it sounds noisy. Good evening, Mola. Well, good evening, Nora. This restaurant here in Central Park is one of many businesses in New York City to fully reopen today. It's hard to believe around this time last year there was a field hospital set up here in Central Park treating COVID patients. But nationwide still, the easing of restrictions is causing confusion. Tonight, New York City, once the epicenter of the coronavirus crisis, is back in business. Most stores and all houses of worship can now open at full capacity, while the city's 3.2 million vaccinated residents can officially go maskless, indoors and out. This 100% capacity is like a lifesaver. Tavern on the Green co-owner, Jim Kaola. What, what do you see happening here in the next few weeks? This is just one more step today. Um, toward that, you know, toward bringing the tourists back and having New Yorkers back. Masks are still mandatory on public transit and in schools, homeless shelters, nursing homes, and other healthcare settings. Uh, are we close to having a, a national model for a, a, a vaccine passport? You're not going to have a national federal mandate for a passport. Today's major leap toward normalcy was nearly unimaginable 14 months ago when the nation's most populous city turned into a ghost town. Now, all across America, people are throwing open the doors just in time for summer as the new CDC guidelines on mask use continue to cause confusion. It is not a, um, a declaration of the removal of the necessity for masks under certain circumstances, particularly when you're dealing with people who are not vaccinated. But Texas is taking a hard stand, threatening a $1,000 fine for any local official requiring a mask, including schools beginning June 4th. Teachers unions are pushing back, saying it's too soon to go maskless when many students aren't eligible for the vaccine. And tonight, the CDC director is warning the pandemic is not over yet. This virus has sent us too many curveballs to say that we, um, we too early to declare victory. Well, Dr. Fauci told us today that it's likely people who have been vaccinated will need booster shots, possibly six months to a year later. That uncertainty there, because just how long the initial vaccine protects for is still being researched. Nora. All right, Mulalenghi, thank you. We're going to turn now to the crisis in the Middle East. The White House says President Biden has told Israel's prime minister that he expects a significant de-escalation today on a path to a ceasefire. And while there is talk tonight that Israel could pause its bombing of Gaza in the next 48 hours, for now, the fighting isn't letting up. CBS's MTS Tayab reports from Tel Aviv. If a ceasefire is near, it doesn't feel like it. 
air siren sent dozens of Israelis and our crew into this southern Israeli bomb shelter. Several Hamas rockets were intercepted right above us. In Gaza, Israel's bombing campaign has been unrelenting. Despite President Biden's call to de-escalate today, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu vowed the operation will continue, tweeting, until its goal is achieved to restore peace and security to you, the citizens of Israel. Since fighting began 10 days ago, more than 50,000 Palestinians have been displaced, and these United Nations schools are the only refuge. And it's been the youngest who suffer the worst, like Nadine Abdul Taif. I'm only 10. Seen in multiple social media posts, she's become the face of Gaza's children. I want to feel safe for like one day at least. I never feel safe in my own home. It's a feeling shared across the border by 10-year-old Israeli Renana Botzer-Switza. What's it like in your house? It's very scary. I need all the time to be prepared to run to my room that is the safe room in my house. Renana lives just a few miles away from Gaza and fled with her parents to this temporary housing. When we asked her what she'd say to Nadine if they were to ever meet... I wasn't saying nothing. I just was... I just hug her. Tonight, the Ismaili media is reporting that they expect a ceasefire as early as Friday. But the Israeli ambassador to the U.S. has told CBS News that they're looking for a, quote, cure and not a Band-Aid. Nora. MTS Tayab, thank you. And there's breaking news tonight. The House just voted to create a bipartisan commission to investigate the January 6th Capitol riot. 35 Republicans voted with their Democratic colleagues, but it could face a challenge in the Senate. And tonight, the FBI has released new video of the assault. CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports from the Capitol. Tonight, dramatic new video of January 6th rioters attacking police at the Capitol. This man using an officer's baton while hurling obscenities. And here, an attacker in a red MAGA hat wearing gloves with metal knuckles takes a swing at a D.C. police officer. These images just released by the FBI, hoping to spark new leads as key Senate Republicans come out against a 9-11-style commission to investigate the causes of the Capitol insurrection, despite the measure receiving bipartisan support in the House. I've made the decision to oppose the House Democrats' slanted and unbalanced proposal. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi fired back. It sounds like they're afraid of the truth. The commission would be equally divided between Republicans and Democrats, each with subpoena power and with the direction to complete its work by the end of the year, a framework agreed to by the top Democrat and Republican on the House Homeland Security Committee. This is about facts. It's not about partisan politics. Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy initially backed the calls for a commission, but came out against it yesterday because it didn't also look at violence stemming from last summer's social justice protests. This is driven solely by politics and Nancy Pelosi. McCarthy, who could be subpoenaed by the commission over his conversations with Donald Trump, is aligning himself with the former president, who called the commission a Democrat trap. Some Republicans, like Georgia Congressman Andrew Clyde, are whitewashing the events of January 6th entirely. To call it an insurrection, in my opinion, is a bold-faced lie. But this picture shows Clyde helping police barricade the doors of the House chamber as rioters tried to break in. 
And tonight, this letter is getting a lot of attention here on Capitol Hill. Its author says it represents the views of 40 to 50 rank-and-file Capitol Police officers, and it is scathing, saying in part it is inconceivable that some members we protect would downplay the events of January 6th. It also blasts GOP leadership for not supporting the 1-6 commission. Nora. All right, Chris Van Cleve, thank you. Well, tonight there's new legal trouble for former President Trump. New York's attorney general has now joined the criminal investigation of Mr. Trump's family business. CBS's Jerika Duncan has all the new details. Donald Trump's business empire and political future is in more jeopardy tonight. New York Attorney General Letitia James saying her investigation of the Trump organization is now in a criminal capacity. Her investigators have joined Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance Jr.'s team, which is already pursuing criminal charges against the former president's organization. A key target of the investigation is longtime Trump Organization CFO Alan Weisselberg. CBS News has learned investigators are looking at the legality of tuition payments Weisselberg made to his grandchildren's New York private school. His former daughter-in-law says some of the checks were signed by Weisselberg or Donald Trump. He knows where all the bodies are buried. If there were accounting tricks, uh, they would have had to go by him. Investigators are also looking at eight years worth of Trump's tax returns and financial records. They're focused on whether his company inflated the value of multiple properties to get favorable loans, something his former fixer, Michael Cohen, who posted this picture last night, alleged to Congress two years ago. Everything was done with the knowledge and at the direction of Mr. Trump. Donald Trump fired back, calling this joint probe a corrupt investigation and desperate search of a crime. But it's not just here in New York. There's an ongoing criminal investigation in Georgia against the former president for interfering in the election count. Nora. Tariqa Duncan, thank you so much. Well, tonight, millions in the southeast are once again under flood warnings as torrential rains drench the region. At least four people have been killed in Louisiana. CBS's Janet Shamlin reports from hard-hit Baton Rouge. As friends carried her belongings to the curb as trash. I'm almost at the bottom of the pile. All Danielle Thomas can think about is saving what has no cash value but is priceless to her. Letters from her mom, photos from her past. Spent a lot of time yesterday crying about this particular, just this stuff. Most of it is replaceable right now. I'm working with essentially just kind of family heirloom type stuff, trying to salvage these letters. It's been three days of torrential rain, widespread damage across the region, and hundreds of rescues, including a baby carried to safety in Lake Charles. And take a look at Texas. Floodwaters stacking cars. And this driver making a questionable decision. For all she's lost, newlywed Danielle Thomas is focused on what was spared. So the dress is there? Yeah, it's here. In this bag, her wedding dress. Neighborhoods in Baton Rouge look like this tonight. Personal belongings and furniture out at the curb. And residents tell me the last time it flooded in 2016, items like this were not picked up for months. Nora? Oh, Janet Chamley, and thank you so much. Well, tonight, Texas's governor has signed one of the nation's toughest abortion laws, banning the procedure as early as six weeks into a pregnancy. The law also allows private citizens to sue doctors or others who help a woman get an abortion. The law is expected to be challenged in court. 
Tonight, up to 40 million Americans are behind on rent and facing an uncertain future as a federal moratorium on evictions is due to expire at the end of next month. While some tenants are already being removed as states challenge the moratorium. CBS's Omar Villafranca takes us inside their legal struggle. Tensions are rising nationwide. They was locking us out during the coronavirus. They're not supposed to lock us out. Despite a federal ban, landlords have filed over 300,000 evictions during the pandemic. More than 34,000 have been here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Those being evicted have one last chance to stay in their homes by making their case to a judge. Are we here over $236? Mark Melton is a tax attorney turned eviction expert. Today, he's working eviction cases for free in this small Dallas County courtroom. Jasmine Zuniga brought her three-month-old daughter, Delilah, to court. I wasn't paying my whole uh, rent completely, and that's where the late fees started. The hearing lasts seven minutes. When it's over, Zuniga gets to stay in the apartment after Melton agrees to pay the landlord back rent from a GoFundMe account. The total? $1,100. How stressful has this been for you over the last few months? Real stressful, especially with the newborn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just so emotional. Kimberly Johnson was also here to fight her eviction. You're not looking for handouts when you work and you do what you got to do. And you teach your kids to do the same thing and to have responsibilities. You're not trying to get on the phone and tell people that you need help. Texas has more than $1 billion in rental assistance money. But so far, just over $112 million has been dispersed to tenants in need. That's less than 10% of the funds. And we can have checks written within 7 to 10 days. Why can't the state do that? Melton and a small army of close to 200 volunteer attorneys have helped more than 7,000 tenants avoid eviction. Thank you so much. The work is endless and overwhelming. A feeling Melton knows all too well. At 21, he was evicted from his home. And so when I get these phone calls from these people, and, you know, they're going through that right now. Like, it takes me back to that place, and it's just, I I can't say no. You've been there. Mm -hmm. You know what fears are going through. Absolutely. And it's scary. A worry that the next crisis facing America is an epidemic of evictions. Omar Villafranca, CBS News, Dallas. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, some just-released body cam video shows a Virginia sheriff's deputy rescuing a woman from an overturned vehicle. Under it. Deputy John Holt ran to the SUV after an accident earlier this month. The woman's head was actually pinned under the open sunroof. Now, as her children screamed, Holt somehow lifted the vehicle up, freeing the woman. And get this, Officer Holt rescued two people from a fire last year. 
All right, Paul Mooney, the comedian, writer, and actor, has died. Mooney starred in Junebug in Spike Lee's Bamboozled and as Sam Cooke in The Buddy Holly Story. But perhaps his greatest success came as a writer for one of the biggest names in comedy, Richard Pryor. Paul Mooney died at home today of an apparent heart attack. He was 79 years old. America's stages have sometimes been used to propagate stereotypes, but that may be ending thanks to some determined artists. Here's CBS's Nancy Chen with our series, Unifying America. Phil Chan has always expressed himself through dance, but he and his father sat motionless after watching a traditional performance of The Nutcracker with Asian caricatures. It reminded me that I didn't belong. And he goes, do you really want to devote your life to this? This is how they see you. Instead of walking away, the choreographer has taken on a new mission, ridding ballet of offensive representations like rice paddy hats, Fu Manchu mustaches, and exaggerated makeup known as yellow face. If you only are exposed to Asian people on stage as these flattened caricatures, then it's really easy to dehumanize us on the streets. Chan launched Final Bow for Yellowface, with ballet companies nationwide pledging to eliminate Asian stereotypes. Asian-American dancer and co-founder Georgina Paskokin has had to perform in Yellowface. I have been made to feel uncomfortable, and there wasn't a space for me in which to voice this being uncomfortable. For Asian-American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, Final Bow is showcasing the work of 31 Asian choreographers. It's the only way I know how to push back against the ugliness is to share joy, to share art. Raising the curtain on a new chapter. Nancy Chen, CBS News, New York. Tomorrow, we've got the inspiring story of a man who has defied society's expectations for decades. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. I've been a reporter for more than three decades, and along the way, I've been talking to myself in notebooks I've carried in my back pocket. They've captured thoughts about life, parenthood, death, friendship, and more. I'm John Dickerson, and I'd like you to join me in figuring out what these 30 years of notebooks mean in my new podcast, Navel Gazing. Each episode, we dig through the piles of notebooks that I've been collecting, and from their entries, try to sort out what makes a life. This collection of audio essays is available wherever you get your podcasts.